0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Total Information AM Saturday on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. It
1: five nineteen, and we are going to get to this story. St. Louis can claim a number of firsts, some good, some bad. Debbie Monterey explores a few of them with author Mark Zeman and his new book, Historic Tales of St. Louis.
0: Well, let me just start with sure. something that all St. Louisans think they know a lot about, and that would be the World's Fair. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. in St. Louis, we never stop talking about the World's Fair. And um, in fact, the History Museum just closed the World's Fair exhibit. They're gonna I'm reopen sorry. it in a couple of years, a brand new thing. I learned about something new about the World's Fair, and that would be fingerprinting.
1: The World's Fair is what put St. Louis on the map. It was, it catapulted us onto the world stage. And there was all sorts of innovations. Electronic devices were emerging into an era of technology and industry and social reform and things like this. And all of it's peppered through the exhibits. One of the exhibits was in, it was a new technology, new to the United States, of uh, it was called Friction Skin Ridge in Criminology. This was discovered in, uh, in Britain and people from Scotland Yard had been using it for 50 years. And we call it, of course, fingerprinting. So even though they'd been using it for 50 years, it never caught on in the United States. Courts wouldn't accept it. And it was even written in a book, uh, uh, Mark Twain wrote about it 30 or 40 years earlier. Wow. So it came here during the World's Fair and just by coincidence, uh, one of the uh, Scotland Yard detectives who was adept at using this skill was watching uh, Queen Victoria's Crown Jewels. And in the uh, Ridgely Hill uh, Hall over at Wash U, during this time, he decided to share his knowledge. And so it was put on at the World's Fair. And then the St. Louis Municipal Police Department said, wow, we're gonna put this through its paces. They, I'm sure, did thousands of tests. And they were the first police station in the United States to actually employ this technique. And of course, it was accepted in all the courts. And from there, the whole nation adopted it.
0: Well, it's amazing that they'd been using it for 50 years in, at Scotland Yard, and the United mm-hmm. States never adopted it. No,
1: one Fingerprinting was one in a series of social evolutions at the time that tried to really achieve, a, for the first time, systems of justice and equality. So it was quite, a, quite an innovation for the time.
0: Yeah, so St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department, the first in the Absolutely. nation to use it. I saw this picture, not in your book, but I saw it at the Campbell House Museum, and it was so, it just really struck me. And I had to ask Andy Hahn at the Campbell House Museum, what is this picture? And then it was in your book, so I got to read more about it, and that would be Black Tuesday.
1: The nature of this claim to fame of having the, war, the United States' worst air pollution stems from the fact that the, the St. Louis was an industrial capital, they used to say you measure a city's industrial strength by the number of smokestacks. Well, this city was was covered with smokestacks. Smokestacks, coal-driven factories, operated mills, presses, all sorts of engines, generated electricity, so they were everywhere. They were burned in locomotives, factories, and in people's homes. So when you have that kind of a concentration, it develops this incredible amount of soot. So if you can go back to that photo for just a second, this picture is taking like at two o'clock. It this is high noon. This is, this is the middle of the day.
0: Yeah, you can just see the sun over the top of the building. That's, that's, that's not the moon. That's the sun.
1: And <laughs> so, horrible. when I first saw this, I said, "Is this taken at dusk or what is it?" No, I read it. That's taken. I think it's two o'clock in the afternoon. And the point being that the type of coal that they used because of the cost efficiency, was Southern Illinois soft coal, because it's cheaper than the bituminous, the harder coal and anthracite coal, and the proximity to the source is closer. So we're burning tons and tons of this really cheap polluted coal. It was so thick, like a fog, that everybody in the entire city is breathing us in. And so the city said all these respiratory infections started coming, and they said, boy, we've got a, a point a health commissioner to this cause. So they did.
0: One of the things people complained about them a lot in St. Louis city was just the open sewage because it would go into all the lakes and rivers. So they developed a sewer system. And why were people having dinner in the sewer?
1: Well, that's the, yeah, the backdrop to all that, as you say, is before sewer systems, sewers are an integral part of any city, but there was a time when there were absolutely no sewers, the, uh, Mill Creek and, uh, and the other major rivers through town were just open sewers. You'd throw anything you had into them. If you had a broken chair, throw it in the river. You build up a tannery or a factory, just throw, you'd skin a cattle and just dump everything, and it just carried it away magically. It's gone, right? And so uh, the real first problem incident that became quite a problem with that was the cholera epidemic. And literally 10% of the city's population died. Of cholera because they had Choto's pond was put up, so they built these. And imagine taxpayers in this day paying millions and millions of dollars in tax, and they said, "Well, this is this is very costly," but they put it through. And uh, Mayor Keel at the time, it was Mayor Keel, was so enthralled with this project that he offered to when he was celebrating the inauguration of this sewer in Mill Creek, he sold tickets. What a great idea! He sold <laughs> tickets to have a high ticket uh, dinner. In the sewer. So before it was opened, obviously, right. it is lavishly decked out. <laughs> and uh, I got to tell you, it would give me a queasy feeling, but <laughs> the novelty would be worth the price tag.
0: There was also something in the book about the first lynching happening here.
1: There's some dubious distinctions that the city <clears throat> lays claim to. The fact that it's called lynching is due to the ma- the man whose name is Lynch. Really? <clears throat> yes. I mean, everybody knows what lynching is a lynching is now the person the first person to be lynched was in 1836 it was a a a mixed race man who was arrested for a crime his name was francis mcintosh and so he was taken to his cell during this process he gets in some struggle and kills a police officer and then they put him in jail well at, at that point a group of men just invited themselves into his cell and dragged him to north 7th and chestnut street they tied him to a tree and lit him on fire. Obviously, no trial or anything. Now, the person that that uh, instigated this situation, his name was Bernard Lynch, and he was a slave trader, an Irish slave t- trader. And wow. so he got the people organized, and because he said he's mixed race. He's not entitled to justice, and so they took care of business. And that's so, a
0: terrible claim to fame that for so the rest of eternity, it's,
1: it's a blight. Uh, and to have your family name, Lynch, you get lynch mob, lynching. I mean, it's
0: and that's it's, all started here in St. Louis. That is started right here. Crazy.
1: You could walk down to the park and see where it all took place. Well,
0: Mark, uh, I really appreciate the time. We could go another hour and we still wouldn't get to all the great stories. So I would encourage people to pick up a copy of Historic Tales of St. Louis. It is really fun, easy reading, and you will learn a lot. And I wish you the best of success with this book.
1: Thank you very much.